share one thought with you this morning. I had several thoughts, but I think I should keep it to one. Is it possible to have the, the image up, John? So. I have a question to ask you. Maybe it's a question that you can ask yourself. Which one are you? <laughs> we often use this simple test to help us to understand how we see the world around us. Thanks, Rob. Whether we see a glass that is half empty, or whether we see a glass that is half full. It's interesting how everyone has a different perspective on things. Half full, full of optimism, full of hope, seeing the best. Half empty, more pessimistic. <laughs> more guarded, maybe seeing the pitfalls rather than the possibilities. Take a good look at this picture if you would. I wonder if you're a perfectionist, you're sitting there looking at these glasses and the picture's annoying you. You're sitting there saying the glass is not half full. It, it doesn't actually look like the water is actually half full. Was anyone sitting there think, of course. I mean, if you do look at the picture from the perspective that we have, neither of those glasses actually look half full. I can assure you that for the purposes of my illustration, they are. <laughs> for the scientists amongst us, you're sitting there rather smugly, and you're saying to yourself, the glass is full. The glass is full. It's full of air, half full of air, and it's half full of water. Is anyone sitting there? No? No? It's interesting, isn't it, how we can all look at one image and have lots of different perspectives. And I suppose the same is true as we view the world around us through the lens of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, this morning, the interesting theme that has been coming through is that we keep Jesus, right the way through the worship this was, is that we keep Jesus as the center. We keep Jesus as the focus. We keep Jesus as um, the main thing. In 
2 Corinthians 5, verses 15 to 21, it says this. It says, and he, that's Jesus, died for all. He died for all. It's important that we have this perspective. As we look out in the world around us, we have to remember that when he hung on the cross, he died for all. There wasn't anyone, any person that he was not hanging on that tree for and offering the hope of salvation to. It's just that sometimes our perspective is a scope of very, very evil people that don't deserve God and very, very good people that deserve God more than those people. But it says that Jesus had to die for us all. Even the good people needed a saviour. Because there was only one lamb that could right the wrong of the garden. But sometimes, even in the world as we see it now, we define everyone as evil and good. And sometimes we have to use that measure, but we also have to understand that God's heart and his view of people is that he died for them all. I didn't intend to stop there. Let's see if we can get through some more. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. We no longer regard anyone from a worldly perspective. But there is a measure that is used in our world and in our culture and in our workplaces and in our families, which is a worldly measure. And so we know that God doesn't focus on the outward appearance. It doesn't mean to say he doesn't notice it. It doesn't mean to say actually that he doesn't value beauty. But it says that his gaze is on the heart. We know this. But so often the perspective of the world around us is to judge people according to what we see externally. And we have a measure that we use A measure is used to measure a man or a woman as to what is seen externally. If you think about how the world 
is trying to focus our attention and to manipulate our thinking and our spending habits and our consumerism according to one image that they want to implant into your mind so that you will have a positive connection with that image and it will cause you to act and behave in a certain way. Well, also, God has a viewpoint, a way of viewing things and a way of viewing people which he wants us to get so imbibed and embedded into our thinking and into our hearts that we can't help but see everyone, every person, every situation, the good situations and the bad situations through the lens, the perspective, the viewpoint that he's giving us. So what is this focus? What is this way of seeing things that God wants us to have as we look at the people around us, the nations around us, the happenings around us, the struggles around us, the fantastic things around us? This is Paul also writing to the Colossians, and I'm going to read Colossians 2, 2 to 4, and he says this. He says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. So all treasure, all wisdom, and all knowledge from heaven's perspective is revealed through the lens of Jesus, is, 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 is viewed through looking through Jesus into the perspective that's the other side. So when we look at a person, we're saying, God, how do you see this person, I want to look through you and through your perspective and wisdom and knowledge and word to understand how you see this person. Because you said, I shouldn't consider them according to a worldly perspective. Now this really comes in handy with people that upset you and you don't like very much. And I tell you where it comes in handy particularly. It comes in handy particularly when we come to the realm of forgiveness 
and healing of the wounds that people can cause us. Now, I'm sure maybe I'm the only one that's experienced this in life, but you know as a default position that Jesus tells us as his disciples that we should forgive one another. That's not if I feel like it, if I think that they've earned it, if they say sorry to me, it's a commandment, which means that for me, it's a choice that I make every day. And it's a choice that I make today, and it's a choice that I'll make tomorrow, it's a choice that I'll make the day after that. And the reason for that is because it's a choice that Christ made for me when he hung on the wood. His forgiveness is not dependent on how he's feeling. It's dependent on a choice that he's made to forgive me when I confess to him that I've messed up. And he'll do it again and again and again and again. And by the way, that offer is open to anyone and everyone who calls on his name. However bad you think they are and however undeserving you think they are or however good they think they are, the point is that he died for all. The reason why this truth is important when we think about forgiveness is that often you forgive as a choice but you still have feelings and wounds and hurts that you are still endeavoring to overcome. Now, I don't share what some people teach, and that is that total forgiveness is only there when all the feelings have gone. There is a a thought offered that this is what forgiveness might look like in its entirety, and maybe in a certain extent, in a complete sense, that is what God is after. Sometimes I think we won't get that until eternity. Because the simple fact is that sometimes when people do stuff to us and when we do stuff to other people, we hurt them. And that can take a lifetime to overcome, even coming daily to ask him to tend to your wounds, which he will do, by the way. Sometimes healing is instantaneous and sometimes it takes a lifetime. But the promise is that we will be healed eventually when we are with him. So you understand that there are different perspectives on this, but if we no longer regard the person that has hurt us from a worldly point of view and we say, Jesus, help me to see this person the way that you do, it helps us in the perspective that we have and that we need to carry on walking in forgiveness towards them and also maybe receiving the healing that we, that we need, that we are continuing to work through before the Lord and ask him for as he does do that complete work in us. And I have found this perspective of having forgiven someone and continuing to forgive them as a choice, but still having feelings that I am having towards them, which are negative, which are uh, difficult. That as I've said, God, help me to see this person from your perspective. As I have done that, 
I have found that this has started to help me in the process of being healed myself. And I found that it works. Wow, that's great. So good. So the lens that God wants us to view the world through, he wants us to see the Jesus glass. The glass that is full of Jesus. And he wants us to gaze on that glass and see through Jesus to the perspective, the person, the circumstances, the situation that we're grappling with. And he wants to give us the ability to see that situation or that person or that crisis or that joyous, amazing event that's happened through his eyes. And I believe that as we pray that prayer, that simple prayer, God, please help me to see things from your perspective that he's going to surprise us and he's going to actually start to show you things that he sees and help you to see things differently. Because I tell you what, right now, this world, your world, my world, needs a Jesus perspective. And he has empowered you and me to take that out into every place that we go and to bring that perspective. You are the Jesus perspective that your world needs. Ask him to show you how to live like that. Amen. So let's just pray as we finish and um, let's just ask God. You know, if there's someone actually that you're struggling with uh, in the realm of forgiveness, you're really struggling to particularly with feelings about someone that you've forgiven, that you're, you're working with, I just want to encourage you this morning to bring them before the Lord. Maybe there's a situation at work or at home in your life that actually you're struggling to gain a good perspective on. Maybe it's the events that are happening in the Middle East that you're struggling to get a good perspective on. Well, why don't we ask Jesus this morning to give us his viewpoint? <laughs> So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have been with us here this morning and now you're wanting to show us a Jesus glass that we can look at and look through to our circumstances, our situation and the people that we are in relationship with. And we just ask this morning, Jesus, would you come and give us your perspective especially in places where I'm struggling to see it. Would you illuminate my soul, my mind, 
my emotions, my spirit to get an understanding of your wisdom, of your knowledge, of your treasure that you want me to see. Help me to forgive. Help me to forgive. Holy Spirit, even this week, would you change our perspective? Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this has encouraged you. You can listen to our other Sunday morning teachings here or our In the Limelight series where we chat with ministries and organisations we're connected with to dive deeper and highlight the amazing work they do. Get connected. You can visit us over on our website www.hhcc.org.uk or find us on Facebook and Instagram at hhccorguk. Bye for now and we bless you as you walk into this new week.